0: what is freedom how does that relate to commitment how does it relate to working within particular forms lifestyles How does it relate to sitting here day after day stuck in this hall, walking up and down, going nowhere, sitting here with the pain in my back. How does this relate to, what's this got to do with freedom? Not having to eat in the evening, and get up at a ridiculous hour in the morning, focusing on my mind on things that I'm not interested in and have no significance to me. saying words in a language I don't understand, going through ridiculous postures, bowing to images that have no significance for me whatsoever. How does this relate to freedom? Freedom is um, to my mind the most, uh, perhaps the most beautiful aspiration from that everything else falls into place. Freedom is loving, freedom is wise, freedom is giving, freedom is sharing, freedom is receiving, Freedom is blessing. Freedom is peaceful. Freedom is the thing that uh, we value most highly, isn't it? The rights of the individual, human freedom. The worst thing you can do really is to take away somebody's freedom, trap them, imprison them subjugate them, oppress them. Freedom is something that is taken away not purely by prisons, is it? It's by... We can deprive people of freedom by... humiliating them, by abusing them, by blackmailing them, by emotionally pressurizing them, bewildering them so don't know what they're doing? How many of us are free? Anybody? And personally, isn't there always kind of, you know, somewhere like a hounded feeling or something breathing on your neck? Something to to get to something to try to resolve something that stirs you something that you can't do without something that you'd be frightened of losing are we free as long as there's something that we're frightened of losing (coughs) we may feel free and okay while we've got it well, we have our health, we have our friends, we have our conveniences maybe. We have our sanity, such as it is. <laughs> we can move around on the planet, move, move, well, parts of it reasonably well, most of the time. Not in certain areas where it's dark. Perhaps not in every city, everywhere. But some, some. It's limited, isn't it? And yet uh, the moment when uh, it can seem like it's right there. The average person, perhaps in a so-called free country. the Freedom to do what you want. Go where you want. Taste and choose what you like. It's fragile because uh, you're going to lose it. Your body's going to rot away. Your mind gets shakier. Your memory fades. You get older. It just doesn't work so well. Vitality goes down. Is there going to be... These are things we have to lose, really. Can we lose them? Without feeling... Without feeling we've lost something? Are we free? Can we be free? By... uh, Identifying, attaching to these things. Can we be free by identifying and attaching to the ability to move around? Go places, see things, taste things, eat things, hear things. Are we free as long as we feel identified, attached to those possibilities? Attached to our health? her looks, her occupations, everything that can be taken away from us, actually. And some of it, if not all of it, some of it will quite soon, and all of it will eventually. So the the freedom of the individual in the ordinary sense, the the thing that we normally... Uh, yearn for and feel uh, we strive for and we hope to achieve in our lives is really uh, rather fragile, trans- rather illusory experience. Not not an unpleasant one. Not one that is not uh, better than being than uh, you know than being sick and and oppressed and starving. It's certainly more pleasant than that. It's not to say that it's not better, more pleasant, more desirable but how far does it go? Is it possible to go further or do we just feel well that's as good as you can get, that's as far as it goes be content with that enjoy it while you can and try to make the best of it when it goes try to hold on to it as long as possible that's as good as it gets Is life just a matter of kind of getting by and keeping one step ahead? Trying to keep one step ahead as long as you can before you get, you know, before you have to go under. (laughs) For, um, in the the Buddha himself was someone who had, Apparently, all the freedom in the world. So, son of a king. go where be you like, beautiful places, stay in. Servants, attendants, never need to feel hungry, cold, bored, restless. everything laid on. Good as you could get. Loving wife. Bright future, intelligence, and so on. Uh, who knows why, really, something came up in the heart to say, is this all? Maybe it's uh, something that happens to anybody, perhaps it's happening to all of us, perhaps that's at one level why we're here, is a recogni- recognition. Maybe half conscious, maybe fully conscious, maybe not really, con- not really accepted. Something in the saying: Is this at all? Is there anything more than this? Is this is as good as it gets. Could it be the something more, something wider? And then that tentative, uh, trying to maybe work first of all in in, in the more you know in more of that same pattern of behaviour like. Uh, Okay, Um, let's see if I can free the mind from uh, craziness and uh, pain and hurt and hatred. Let's see if I can just kind of brighten it up a bit to to free it from that which is directly wretched, like guilt or fear or hatred, uh, you know, so that, that one is... Conventionally free in that sense, the mind becomes something rather beautiful. Your heart becomes lighter and brighter, and maybe we meditate with that aim in mind. Certainly, that was my my motivation, just to to uh, I like I guess uh, most people, young people, you you think. Uh, You 20 20 years old or so you're still full of that kind of cocksure energy you just go out and do what you want get what you want and you can do it and uh, the world is somewhere you can just kind of pick pick and choose and pick your fruit and taste this and taste that and so on and then uh, with no I didn't have a. It wasn't a person who had any particular massive problems. You know, reasonably contented life, pleasant friends, so on, so on. Nothing kind of miserable traumas or anything utterly wretched. Um, just the feeling after a while of running round. You know, through the pattern of you go here, you taste this, you get that, and then you think, yeah, okay, but so what? So then you go somewhere else and you do this and you get that, and you, yeah, but so what? <laughs> and then you go somewhere else and you, and after you've been through this, kind of, you know, being able to do that, this big, yeah, but so what, keeps coming up. How long are you going to keep running, tasting and this and that and the other and going, yeah, but so what, at the end of it, and off to the next one and uh, kind of recognition that, that, that without having done everything possible having had a good sampling that there was this repeated pattern to experience there wasn't anything really wrong with the experiences. is something wrong with the way I was approaching it well it's just kind of pulling it, in, <coughs> pulling it in pulling it in, pulling it in, pulling it in trying to pull it all into myself like having a Huge mouse. That you're continually cram, trying to cram life into. To. you know something wrong here. Can that can that stop? Can that cramming stop? Or is it possible to maybe you know? cram something a little finer in, something more sustaining you know and for, to me meditation was first just that um, maybe the ability to, to experience something better something more steadying something just like a fine tuning of the mind so that uh, ideally one would recapture some of that, that joyfulness, some of that wonder The one has as a child. When you can, you know, you're not all kind of like you're not like a sponge where you've soaked up so much you can't. Nothing really goes in anymore. It's still fresh, and uh, you know you can enjoy yourself just kicking an old old trash can around or throwing rocks at a tree, which you can't do. You can't get much fun out when you're 28 years old. You'd have kind of you know more high refined things there. Can you can you get back to being that simple? You can just enjoy the moment. You can be that open. So that to me meditation was like that, like a kind of freeing of the mind of its encumbrances and its 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 heaviness and its uh, its its saturation, it's like cleaning it out. And I think uh, you know, one recognises that there's a certain amount of discipline that's needed for that, a certain amount of doing doing turkey, doing a certain amount of uh, just uh fasting of the heart that's needed to, to clean out, restraint and so on. You're thinking, Well I you know, do this where I'll get cleaned out, get in good shape and then I can you know, start back and maybe gobble up a few other things in a, in a better state of mind. So, But then in the, the practice of meditation which we begin to take on, if we use it insightfully rather than just another something to do, when you use it insightfully, it begins to actually because uh, it sets up this paradigm of the watcher, that which is watched, that which is looked at, and then the kind of awakeness or watching that, that's doing it. And uh, that's the model you more or less set up, you know. And there's, there's you, as it were, watching your mind, or watching your feelings, or watching a sensation, and there's watchfulness. Um, and then after a while it becomes clear, really, that the. Uh, The watcher is not has has got is actually um, is not unbiased, and that's part of the problem. The watcher is impatient. The watcher is uh, got very is quite intolerant. The watcher is quite critical. The watcher has got all kinds of desires in it. So, well, this is not uh, this is this is something one has to clean up. you know, That's the problem of restlessness and impatience and uh, so then what do you what do you do to that? It became clear to me that you have to actually hold still on from what you're doing more and more till you begin to open to it. Like you, you you start letting go of yourself, letting go of your opinions, letting go of your views, letting go of your Restlessness and you're shifting around, and the and the reservations and the hanging on, and the results are that the well that the clarity of the mind seems to sharpen and brighten, and also become much gentler. I think uh, for myself, and as perhaps is is the case for other people, the spiritual path begins first of all with the 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 feeling you're going to find something that you as the watcher will by careful scrutiny see something in there something special there truth answers life visions resolutions blazing understanding see it in there somewhere And maybe the problem is you're not looking hard enough. You know, all you see is this bunch of rubbish floating around in circles. You know. <laughs> it's in there somewhere, I'm sure. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough. So you look harder and harder, and you shake it around. It come on, come on, give me some truth. And this bunch of rubbish is still floating around. You, you squeeze it a bit and poke it around, it, it's still a bunch of rubbish. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'm not trying hard enough. Maybe I've got the wrong system, the wrong technique. Maybe i you know. Maybe I didn't read the instructions properly. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the problem is that is uh, as you begin to, you recognise sometimes uh, you these kind of occasionally things begin to dawn that. Problem is, you know, you're washing in the wrong way. You're kind of you're demanding something. You're not watching things. You're saying, "Give me something." You're not free. You're still hooked up to, "I want, I want, I want something else." Give me, give me, give me. The statement of an enslaved person. I'm in need. I lack. I haven't got enough. Give me more. Whatever we call it, it, now we call it truth rather than, um, you know, fun or pleasure or calling it truth. But it's still the same gesture of the mind, still the same demand, still the, however, you know, we can kind of do it nicely. Please give me. (laughs) You try and kind of buy your way in, (laughs) wheedle your way in. Pound your way in, with authority, and oh, no, look, give me it, <laughs> uh, wine, and uh, and so on. And truth remains completely uh, impassive to these demands. It's still the same bunch of rubbish, you know. <laughs> still just thoughts and feelings and sensations, and you know, nothing. Yeah. So freedom, uh, freedom from that paradigm and that kind of model of experience has to come around through uh, this shift of the of self, the shift in oneself, what I call it, the going forth, the letting go, purification, another word for it. I think we can only do ourselves And then what does it? Do I do it? How can I do that? This is the the beauty of this, remember the model, the watcher, the watched and watching. And of course it's the watching that does it. The watcher can't, the watcher's stuck. In their views and their identity and their needs, and I'm suffering, I've I got to find a way out. I, you know, I, I'm not in a state of freedom, I want freedom. How do I, as an unfree person, become free? How do I get it? Yeah. And we, I don't. But there, fortunately, there's the watching, there's the knowing, which we are symbolizing Buddha, knowing. And there's Dhamma, truth, the way it actually is. And uh, I think for me personally, Buddha, Dhamma, truth, liberation occurs by default. That is, despite my efforts, finally truth dawns. Perhaps that's a little unfair. The two go together. In the fact that the kind of effort that we put into practice and the commitment and maybe even the desperation of it sort of brings us to an edge whereby at least we're we are we are attuned, we're ready. We're kind of like a like a like a guitar string that's been tuned with taught. We're tight, you know, there's a kind of Resonance and immediacy, and then uh, there's a point when there's a kind of a when it rings, when the penny drops, when there's a letting go. when we've tried this way and that way and this way and that way and this way and that way and we demanded and we pleaded and we begged and we whined and we studied and we thought and we planned and we schemed and and then you more or less something just uh. the effort is not unrewarding but all that effort really just brings one to a state of, um, of a kind of attunement of a commitment, of a, of a, of a ripeness to be touched by truth and it's, a, it's humbling the experience of truth is a humbling one it's not a glorification it's ironic to call it an attainment because it's more like, a, like a, 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 not a humiliation, not a degradation, but an awe, a sense of realizing something vaster, something beyond you. It's like stepping out or something that throws you out of your, of your games and your ploys. The Buddha said, this is not a matter of belief, it's not a matter of even understanding it or knowing it. It's a matter of you doing the practice, making that commitment, making that effort, right effort, and sustaining attention. There are, in um, the Buddha said, there are kind of five, five different kinds of freedom. There's the momentary one, very momentary flash of letting go, or of which, which sometimes comes around just by going by, by going against what your mind is saying, just a kind of flipping it around, where we suddenly throw ourselves out of our preoccupation. Just that which, that ability to lift out like you're feeling a grudge, you go ahead and forgive somebody. You ever done that? Just to experience that, that moment of freedom when you think you don't know how to do something, uh, you you feel frightened or you feel nervous and something says, well go ahead anyway. And you just, you just take yourself out of that Self-position of what I am, and you throw yourself the other way. You ever done that? Sometimes, very very small moment. Why? Uh, sometimes, why? Something this likes to take risks with things occasionally. Because it gives that, that moment of freedom, of not knowing, of a kind of being thrown out of your out of the uh, limitations of self. You get this kind of momentary break. People kind of um, do what they climb mountains for that, uh, and meditation or Dharma practice can be like that, it can be working on the subtle level, subtler level of when you just you know, you make the full commitment, you feel bored, and you say, Yeah, but I'm going to stay with it. Just that you know, it's not. I got to stay with this because I have to. That's not freedom, is it? It's the. I don't like this at all. Hey, I think I'll do it. (laughs) You know what happens then? You know when when you decide, when you personally determine, just for the. Just to just to go against it. In a way, that's the most daring option is to go against the persuasion and conviction of the mind and then you but then be, like, there's wisdom there because you look at is the pers- persuasion and conviction of your mind, is it making you feel great and really taking you to serene wonderful places or is it just the kind of same boring stuffy old space where you can kind of colour the walls of it a little bit you know but it's still all that meanness with its, its, its craftiness and its well, I don't know, you know, well maybe I'll do it. This is okay, if it feels alright I will. But I, you just don't push me, no, you know, <laughs> uh, you know that that can it be that, that daring to just say to throw ourselves out. Well, I guess this is what the the when we take up a meditation retreat, if you've never done one before, well, the hell with it. You would just, you know, you throw yourself in. And there's something very beautiful about making that gesture. It's of course only a moment. It's it's called the the tatanga or the reversal. Freedom through reversal. And it's only momentary. It's a kind of like a breath. Breath of fresh air. It's something we should uh, cultivate, learn to cultivate. And then, you know, win, lose or draw on one level, does that transcendence, just that moment like a breath of air when you're not preoccupied with, this, with this, the, uh, maintaining and sustaining one's old self. Another kind of freedom occurs through being able to, to uh, brush aside, to dismiss, to disband. Hindrances, doubt, guilt, fear, worry, restlessness, things that are bothering you to be able to to throw them off, to brush them aside you can do this like uh, in meditation you you can just put things down, you can drop things, you can focus you can rise up, you can shrug off indifference and say, come on, let's get going you can do that Uh, and you can do it with, like, with tranquility, tranquilizing the mind. When the mind is very distracted and agitated, then it very readily uh, is a prey to, to doubt, to desire, to restlessness because it's unsatisfied, it's a kind of fragmented experience. It's like it's very weak. A mind that's unified tends to, it's like it shrugs off worries and doubts and agitations. It's because it's got its own strength. It's like it's got its um, things don't stick to it. It's healthy. Uh, and this gives us a kind of freedom. Self-respect, I believe. feeling that You're not just a, a dupe. You're not just uh, dragged around by, by moods and emotional swings. And the, and the past. Third kind is called um, the, the cutting extirpation and this occurs through actually through insight alone this is the practice of insight The second is practice of tranquility firming up, stabilizing Third is the practice of insight, which is more powerful because it doesn't just uh, put one's mind into a situation when, when it uh, doesn't pick things up, but it actually begins to review how we pick things up, why, how things, how things get to have power over us, and it, it cuts them off. and the ongoing practice of insight is uh, based upon this investigation Why do I want things? What's the emptiness in me that always needs to be filled? Does it work? Does kind of putting things into me fill me up? Or doesn't it in some way emphasize a kind of hollowness and a need and a lack? So, the kind of view, the insight begins to, to suggest to us is that maybe uh, rather than putting things in, we need to kind of put, pull things out. need to enrich, not through adding something, but through giving, Very very loosely speaking. Not through passivity, not through the passivity that just kind of latch onto this or that or the other, but a, a powerful activity which doesn't seem like it's action at all because it's happening at a very subtle and internal level. That bringing forth of faith, bringing forth of Forgiveness, bringing forth, of kindness, bringing forth. It's always the 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 bringing forth in us, the rising up. And so, for an insight, someone who, who's gone forth, who goes forth, who cultivates that way, the world is their practice place because the world is always something that you, that you can bring forth into. It doesn't always provide you with things you want that you can, you can pull into yourself but it's always a place that you can bring forth something like patience, forgiveness, kindness, compassion, intelligence. And you realize finally that's That which you bring forth, that's the only thing that's going to stay with you, isn't it, really? At the end of the day, all you have left is your own honor, your own fruitions. And so this fruition knowledge and the knowledge of fruition is what brings around the fifth. The fourth is fruition, the fifth is release, freedom. Freedom from that view and that habit. The view that we will somehow be enlarged by putting things into ourselves. And so that, that, and then that habit to keep doing it. And the frustration of wondering why, you know, no matter how much stuff we put in, it isn't getting better. So maybe we've got the wrong one. Let's try something else. Or maybe we're not doing it hard enough. Let's do more which is the worldly way, isn't it? A life for a successful person in a free society means you have more choices than most people. You can eat eat what you like, you can eat mangoes, you can eat chutney, you can eat pickled walrus fins. (laughs) You know, you don't have to just you know, eat millets and yam or something you can, that grows in the ground, you can get it from anywhere in the world. It's in your local supermarket. 68 channel TV, which you can watch, you know, these t- TVs now, where you've got one program in one corner and the rest of, all of it, so you don't have to even, you can keep one eyeball going on one channel, <laughs> one eyeball going on and they kind of keep flipping. So you can be actually watching two at once virtual reality things, these virtual reality where you put this hood on and a little glove and there you can be, you know, d- dial a fantasy. This is going to be interesting, isn't it? Horror. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so a successful person in a progressive society is a person who has the most choices and you don't give up any of them at all, <laughs> if you're wise. You shrewd. you know, keep as many going as possible. don't let don't force me to give up any one of them. You know that to give up one would be a kind of humiliation, loss, degradation, depriving me my rights and freedom. <coughs> of course, if it's taken away, it is that. But the whole myth of this myth of personal freedom is that perhaps the most pervasive, and uh, spiritually deadening, frustrating—it's what we suffer from most, I think. In spiritual practice, as a worldly activity, it's quite good. It's—it's it's better than being, you know, stuck in a desert with nothing much going on. As a worldly activity, it's—it's it's, it's a great increase. One wouldn't—and it's. There's nothing wrong with it, really. But for a spiritual activity, a free person is the one who says, I don't need this. I'm giving it away before they take it away. You can take it. I don't want it. That's that's the, the free person. Because I realize all I need is what I am. All I have to have is what I've got already. And my freedom is I have the chance, I have an almost unlimited chance to to bring forth from myself onto this plane of existence. What a blessing. This is what's called uh, spiritual freedom. So that uh, you don't get it and take it away like another little goodie and store it somewhere <coughs> for yourself. You can't get yourself around it. You throw yourself into it and let it come through you, that's freedom, that's release, that's the flow of Dhamma and it, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a possibility for humans. Just to recollect and consider wisely and what, is, what, is, what is this life about, what makes it possible where does it come from, where does it go to and that whole idea which is tenable that it's my life and I do it and I made this and I earned that and I deserve this and I got that through my own efforts which is certainly, it's partially true, it's true if you look at life in a fairly limited perspective it's like the farmer who you know, shoots rabbits saying, these rabbits are eating my cabbages you know, and he shoots the rabbits these are my cabbages And they don't belong to the rabbits, these are mine and Mother Earth says, what about me? <laughs> and the sun says, what about me? didn't I do something? and the rain says what about me? Whose cabbages are these? And the earth says, The rabbits live here too. They're my children. The sun says, I shine on the rabbits too. How did you produce cabbages? What you did was you managed to gain control of a bit and manipulate it to your advantage. And you call that, you grew some cabbages and they're yours. Did you get born? Did you do that? Was it you who did it? Did you make this body? Did you do that? Did you say, I think I'll have two eyes. Two's a nice number. (laughs) Did you do that? You say, "Um, make me this tall. Did you say what kind of mind would you like? I think I'll have one of those. You know, I mean, if you did, you made a not very good choice, did you? (laughs) 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 I think uh, I'd have designed this model. I'd have made a few, you know, alterations. And did you say, you know, I I think I'll get sick today? I feel like getting sick. <laughs> or did it just happen to you? And your body happened to you. And those thoughts and feelings, didn't they happen to you? And the weird carnival this life's been about happened to you. And this strange experience in the middle of it saying, I'm doing this, I'm in control, <laughs> I just had a great thought. <laughs> <laughs> coming up, even that just happens to you doesn't it the whole thing is actually the total freedom is this the way, you know, when you see the way it is the way it is, is actually freedom and in freedom there's pain and there's happiness and there's birth and there's death those are are possibilities allowed in freedom because freedom is free it's like that we don't have to identify with pain and sorrow we don't have to identify with happiness we can we can uh, reach out we can go to freedom and these things don't have to don't have to hold us down anymore the fear and the tenacity and the storing up and the hoarding doesn't have to happen and we can let it go we can be that freedom and the insight is like just reviewing what's yours till you know really start to know what you're not and really make be conscious of what you're not what is not yours that's, that's the Buddhist approach it's kind of sobering because first of all I'd like to find what I am but the Buddha says you, f- you know what you are when you stop uh, absorbing into what you're not like body, thoughts, feelings, perceptions attitudes, habits yeah, some of them are interesting, some are pretty nice. But and that's what you're not. You don't have to hate it. It's not like saying, this is terrible, this is disgusting, this is useless. It's just saying, it can be marvelous, it can be wonderful, but it's not mine, it's not what I am. If we do that, if we prepare to exercise that, not a rejection, but a letting go, a lightness, then that lightness, we realized, hey, this is this is what I am and the lighter the more, f- more potential, the more freedom there is the more things we can allow so life becomes very rich not a barren place where nothing's happening how strange it is That so we could have all the all the beauty, and all the delight, all of the presence, if we just stop grasping at it and let it come to us. Sometimes people like to know what, what's what's bowing about. Why do you what the Bowing for, what do you do that for? It's a funny kind of thing to do, it makes you feel weird. I don't like to bow, I I feel like I'm groveling or cringing or. you know. Bowing is like saying I'm useless, I'm no good, I'm putting myself down, somebody else has got power over me. Yeah, it's, it's, it can be difficult, a little gesture like that. Big gesture, maybe. Because in a way, you half know what it means. it means. It means you're giving yourself up. And yet the irony is you, you're, you're, you're not giving yourself, you're, you're giving up you're not you're, that which is not yours. You're giving up uh, the apparent choices which are not yours. bowing we use as a physical gesture but primarily is that you know as, as a gesture that just represents and tries to firm up create a reference to an attitude of heart is a is a changing round it's like instead of i pull things into myself it's like I'm emptying myself out. I'm unloading. I'm not humiliating myself. I'm I'm freely unloading and opening and emptying. And it's a it's a totally personal statement. There's nobody out there bowing to it. There's nobody out there Rejoicing in it. There's nobody out there saying, hey, I've got one over on him or her. There's nobody out there. It's just, I'm emptying, I'm unloading. Because a, for one who goes forth, for someone who cultivates insight, that's the joy, that's the recognition that whenever I unload from myself, I open up to receive the moment, to receive it as it is, not as I want it to be, not as I have planned it to be, not as anything in that, in that way. It's a kind of nakedness. And sure, for, for most people conditioned in this world, nakedness is a frightening possibility. You might get kicked. So we're doing that to refuge. To the knowing, the truth. It's a kind of loving. Normally, when uh, our, our love normally goes to the point as high as where we, we, we pull, we embrace. When you love someone, you embrace. You you pull them in. You can hold them to yourself, and uh, that's fine. You know, that's that's a that's a lovely thing to do. It's a lovely gesture to make to pull in, to say I want to be with you. You know, it's fine. I accept you. I draw you in. And yet, uh, even more wonderful. Is I empty myself out to you, even going kind to of finer and higher? Because with that, we're not expecting anything back at all. We're not saying, you know, there'll be warmth, there'll be reciprocity, there'll be communion, there'll be happiness, there'll be a t- there'll be a glow. We're just <coughs> we're giving up that even. It's that that fine. That, that pure, that high. It's maybe a gesture that uh, we're not always endowed, ready to make. I personally, I've been making this, uh, when I first came to a monastery, they just said, this is what you do. You know, okay, what do you do? So you do it. I don't know why you do it, but you just do it. <laughs> so I wasn't any Position or mood to argue didn't seem to be that important, you know. Getting the place to practice, you want you to bow three times a day. Who cares, you know? And but the, the first time that I really did that properly was when my father died. And I had a little shrine up in a corner, and then uh, I, I was in my. The way it happened was I was in my. Um, a little meditation hut one day and then I, uh, there's some error came along and he brought me a telegram and an aerogram and the, the aerogram must have been posted what 10 days previously from my father and the aerogram said da, 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 things, oh, things aren't going so well I need to check a few things out I must come over and see you I think you've got the right idea. Of what you're doing, I love, I'm trying to get it together. Come over and see you, loving father. De- Telegram says your father died nine o'clock this morning, and you get the two in your hand at the same time, and your mind kind of goes two ways at once, cracks up in the middle, and. uh You get down on your hands and knees and you bow. Because I can't take this life, I can't pull it in, I can't, it's not fair, it shouldn't happen that way. I can't handle it, I can't take it in, I can't make it fit my system. And as long as I'm working on that, on that premise, it's heartbreaking. Sooner or later it's heartbreaking. And the more you, you look around, the more heartbreaking it gets. A lot of it is not fair at all. A lot of it is really very crummy and very painful, and very nasty. And uh, how to bear it? Can you keep looking somewhere else? Can you keep hoping something else will happen? How can you bear it? To me, I can't bear it. that I can uh, surrender open to the place that can, that can take all this the way it is, the change, the flow, the impermanence, birth, death, happiness and unhappiness, And uh, there's that possibility and a few people point the way and a few more people get a long way along that enough so you think, yeah, it's possible it's possible to, to be at that place where you, where you can take it where it can be passed through you and your mind doesn't crack up That's freedom. and for most of us we have to learn to keep that kind of you know how to keep that that vision, that, that promise, that uh, vastness going in this life which can seem so bewilderingly small and petty and me and so what and yeah just going down the road and nothing much is happening and same old day ho hum here we go da 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 you know? It's not a cosmic life drama. It's just me puttering around the kitchen, frying up some eggs, and I go and see Joe and turn on the radio and what's happening today. And oh, really? You know, you know how to keep? It, how to keep? How can you stay vast with that? <laughs> you know? That's what mindfulness is for. to actually, you know, you're recognising that this, this pattern, this this film. Don't get lost in the, the mood of the detail of it. Recognise it as all of the same nature. It's all birth and death, it's all change, it's all happenings, it's all comings and goings, it's all that way. And if you get when you get fine enough you, you realise it's all of the same same essential quality. So that's that's the that's the looking into it. That's the inquiry, it's not trying to find some special thing, it's just finding the the universal quality of all things. To that extent we inquire. we hold our minds continually open to the softness, the trivia, the weird, the painful, the joyful, body, mind, to witness that. All of it arising out of somewhere Passing away Where does it go to? Who does it belong to? What is it that knows it?